Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left Her Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Rye. And I'm your other host, Chris. And Ryan, we made it. We made it through the gauntlet. We're at Saw 3D, or Saw the Final Chapter, and Jigsaw. We did this. And I have to be honest, I'm like... A little sad because I enjoyed going through a franchise. It's not the first time we're going to do this, but it just it gave me so much joy to be able to sit there and watch two movies at a time and go through an entire, especially in this case, legacy of horror movies. And it allowed me, like, as you guys have been listening, it allowed us to find new things that we hadn't seen the first time. Maybe it's because we're older. <laughs> Maybe it's because we were watching it with semi-fresh eyes. But I enjoyed all of this, so I can't wait for us to do our next franchise. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this feels very bittersweet because... It makes it sound uh, like the podcast is ending. It's not. No, it's- <laughs> but- <laughs> But in this particular stream of episodes is, and that's kind of, you know. I, I find it very sweet because, or I'm sorry, I find it very bittersweet because uh, Sauce holds a special place in my heart. Like, I had like the second reawakening of like this love for horror movies. Because like, after I remember clearly after watching Saw 2 and then Saw 1, like it just, it just renewed this like, oh, I need to watch more. This, this is great. After watching these two films, it, it definitely helped having that fresh perspective. It also really helped, like, just watching everything in very close sequential order. Watching it in this marathon format really gives you appreciation of, like, the vast tapestry of not just the narrative lore, um, the world building, but just, like, the layers of, of like, creativity and writing and production that just made this giant web of like this really cool intricate interconnected story and i just love how every movie just builds more on the lore it just fills in gaps i'm like a total lore junkie like not just with horror movies but just like with any story or any game or any ip like i want to live in that world i want to find out about everything about it and this gives you that in spades and Especially uh, with Saw 3D, it like it brings back. I I feel like every film like kind of brings it back full circle, but I, I think it definitely in final chapter it does because you have like Doctor Gordon come back and mm-hmm. he's one of the OGs. And from a production standpoint, Carrie Ells wanted to return, but there was some legal trouble about pay, and then after they settled that lawsuit. He only agreed to come back for the final film, and his role wasn't just limited to a cameo. It was it was part of this giant mega twist, and it's like, oh, this is so cool, and then it just wrapped it up really neatly into tight bow, and I really appreciated these last two films a lot. And with Jigsaw, Jigsaw I think between Jigsaw and Saw 3D, it was a, a seven-year gap. Oh, actually, it's technically a six-year gap. They started doing pre-production... Uh, in 2016, but the movie didn't come out in 2017. And then Saw 3D came out in 2010. But I really felt like Saw or Jigsaw was a worthy successor. It brought like fresh new views, uh, a new, a really fresh outlook. I 100% agree for most of that. Um, let's let's get into Saw 3D. So I don't know if y'all recall, but a few episodes back. I said something about, and I thought it was Pig Saw. Blood. <laughs> I thought it was Saw four or five, and I said there's something with a box, and I remember the blood being pink, and I hated it. Why I couldn't remember that it was Saw three D, I could not tell you. But I found the movie with pink blood. Tell me I'm wrong. It was pink. Could it have been pink because it was originally filmed for three D, and then they scaled it back to a two D for cinematography and maybe the, the colors change i don't know i'm just talking out of my butt right now because i don't know anything about filming and technology and cameras. that wouldn't change but it wouldn't change the color scheme though okay like it would have nothing to do with that that is <clears throat> in my opinion a little sloppy if that's the case i do think 
that this movie would have been better if the blood wasn't pink. And if you sort of lost the 3D element, I understand that when you have a movie like Saw and you're constantly trying to outdo yourself and not repeat anything, it becomes very difficult to do that, especially for such a loyal fan base. But it kind of pissed me off that they sort of used 3D as a gimmick for this movie. Now, I will say that I think the only part where I was like, damn, I wish I saw this in 3D was at the very end when Gordon throws the the bone saw out the, out the door and it comes at you and then just skids right past you onto the ground. That was like my only thing where I was like, I wish I could have just seen that like one shot in 3D because even watching it in 2D, it looked really fucking cool. And you got to hear so many people say game over, which is sort of like our, like the phrase for Jigsaw and the Saw legacy. And there were some elements about this that I enjoyed. The thing is, though, is I understood why Hoffman would have gone after Sean Patrick Flannery, who was playing Bobby, mm-hmm. who was dishonest and he lied about being a survivor. And I understand, based on the way Jigsaw found Hoffman, like, they say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but I don't accept that, especially when it's done poorly. So, and not to mention the fact he lied about being a survivor, so I can understand the MO for going after Bobby. And that all sort of fell in line. Obviously, Jill doesn't fall in line with any of that. That was straight-up revenge. And I didn't understand the three people... That were in the box at the beginning, because up until this point, even stretching it thin, there was a connection back to John, even after he was gone, as to why Hoffman was going after these people. Everything sort of made sense. So Bobby makes sense. Those three people didn't didn't really. I don't know if it was just a bloody way to start off the film. I, I think it, it's probably that reason. Uh, I know from the production notes, they were trying to find a way to outdo themselves so one of the things they they thought of oh how about we do something a little bit more ambitious we do the the only trap i think uh to mem uh, in, in the entirety of the franchise where it takes place outdoors or quote-unquote outdoors and in broad daylight and uh, for those who don't know the the or haven't seen saw 3d yet uh uh, spoilers. Uh, uh, so the, the beginning of the movie starts out with this, with three figures waking up in a Home Depot mini mart kind of thing, and like b- uh, encased in bulletproof glass, bulletproof, and, shatterproof, just like people yeah. proof in general. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, and then there's two two dudes who were fighting over and or manipulated by a girlfriend and in order to save the girlfriend from a buzzsaw that they have to close the circuit by pushing another series of buzzsaw towards each other in order to save the girlfriend and then uh what happens uh eventually they they're like she's not worth it and they let her die um which and I think the- that was the absolute right call i get the morality of of picking a life and keeping that in your own hand but come on man like (laughs) i feel like that's a no-brainer at some point like Uh, yeah (laughs) um yeah so going back to my are you sure rethink your life rethink (laughs) your choices yeah exactly and i think so going back to my original point i think the reason why they they went for that as for shock value, um, and I guess to maybe make a statement about society. Oh, like I don't know. It might be like a heavy-handed way of saying society's sick, because like you saw so many people just gawk and not really call for help. And there was you know, only that the- one woman in the front row that actually pulled out her phone and called the cops. Yeah, the rest of them were standing there like click 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 click. Like exactly. I'm gonna take a video. I mean, which is, it's sad to say, that would actually happen. I mean, this is scientifically proven in the psychological studies. Oh, like yeah. The bystander effect, the diffusion of responsibility. These are like clear social, psychological phenomena that really I loved happen, all so. the flip phones that you saw. That made yeah. me giggle. 
But like now, if something like that were to happen, it would be on Snapchat. Oh, yeah, Snapchat. It would be on Snapchat, be on Instagram, Instagram stories. It would be... be on Facebook Live. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and then it'll be like YouTube will try to take it down, but then it will pop up on a, like a billion more websites, like Momo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you know, I no, I absolutely. I mean, I guess I can understand that in some point, but it just it doesn't. Um, it doesn't really do anything in terms of a message. I mean, I guess it's make better choices, but. I feel like Jigsaw always tried to come from a deeper perspective than just live or die, make your choice. So I, I don't I don't know. But again, I might just be reading far too much into that after seeing six Saw movies and really No no no, no. We we binged we binged all these Saw movies. We really we did. And and here's the thing though, is not only did I watch both of these, I watched both of these twice. In the span of 24 hours or 48 hours. So I like, and I even, I wrote a ton of notes about it. And then on my rewatch, I even wrote more notes that did not belong in my first set. I think this is the most I've ever done in terms of Right, right. If you open up your closet door, are you going to find a whole bunch of newspaper clippings and and like red string? Oh God, I wish. (laughs) I wish I could fill the back of my closet with that. I really do because I am that person. We'll get, she was my favorite. We'll get to her when we start talking about Jigsaw. She was my absolute favorite. Um, but okay. So Saw 3D or Saw the Final Chapter or Saw 7, whatever the hell you want to call it, or Saw... They're all the same. Pink Blood. Um, whatever you want to call it. It, it does this thing where it does sort of center around one person or multiple people sort of dealing with all of these traps, much like we saw, I believe, in Saw 5, where that was the insurance agent. There were a couple of things that did irk me about this movie. Uh, namely, Gibson. His acting was god-awful. I could not wait for a scene with him to be over. Uh, you could make a drinking game just out of the amount of times he says crazy in that one scene with Jill. I'm like, I know the writers were not this terrible and wrote that in this many times. How many times did you forget your lines and they just let you run with that? It was just, it was bad. And it really bothered me because even if in previous Saw movies, the acting got to a point where it was borderlining on cheesy or not that great, there was always something else in the scene or in a death or something that, sort of elevated it to a point where you you weren't really bothered by it. That didn't exist here. So it sort of took me out of it, and I was really, I was irritated with it, and I was equally as irritated by it the second time. I only saw this one time, so I'll have to give it a rewatch. I didn't have any particular opinions about Gibson. I Oh, he I was just de- such an irritating little shit. I couldn't wait for him to die. I I say it like he he was he was one of the weaker characters. I mean, but you he was playing alongside like Hoffman and Jill and Bobby. Um, so like I think his his presence was definitely masked and overwhelmed. So I'll I'll give it another watch. I didn't I I wasn't terribly like offended by his by his performance, but um, I, granted, I also watched this movie like really early in the morning, so. <laughs> Maybe my brain, my brain just like, oh, I'm going to face this out. So, yeah. Yeah. Another thing that sort of bothered me, but I think this also had to do with the lesson that Bobby needed to be taught about learning and having patience to grow and room to grow and his whole journey into being a true survivor. Um, and I wrote this in capital letters, which is how you know it pissed me off. I said, why would you throw a key to a guy that can't? I didn't understand I, that. I, th- I, I it would it would have I I know he was trying to clean to the door, but how hard would it have been just to like reach out and like tell the guy to also also reach out with his other hand? And just, the like, whole point was to communicate with each other and save him. And I I even made a note like at least two of these people in these traps could have been saved if he wasn't thinking about himself and how he was going to get through this and have to carry someone else at least this is the way i i looked at it um 
Bobby was incredibly self-serving, i.e. he wrote a book about surviving a trap that he never actually went through. He monopolized on other people's pain. And that, that for me, is part of the reason why he failed so miserably in all of his traps. It, very easily, two, two, at least two of them could have survived. The girl with the fish hook in her stomach, while a very... Cr that was... That ranks high for me on the creative scale. So not only do, do you have to yank a fish hook out of her stomach, she can't scream beyond, she can't make noise beyond a certain decibel or else these posts are going to dig themselves into her neck. That was inevitable because you're going to scream. That hurts. So she she was dead in the water to begin with. But at least two of them... And including his wife, so maybe three, could have been saved if it yeah, wasn't I mean, for, for example, his own in, in like, impatience. In the palement wheel trap, on one hand, yes, he's going through extreme pain, like self-inflicted pain, but like he only had to wait like five like three to like three seconds. Three seconds, he could have saved that girl from being paled in the eyes. Um, and again, like the hangman's noose trap we were just talking about, he throwing the key is the worst possible thing to do when the other so guy's blindfolded and he's so panicking stupid. and yeah so. i mean you saw his hands he said keep keep your hands close to your chest so he did and then when as soon as he felt the key he moved his hands it's a natural reaction because you want to clutch something close to your chest when it lands however when you can't friggin see that almost becomes impossible and even, I mean, I just, ugh, again, due to his own ridiculous fucking impatience. I... Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of the, I watched the deleted and the extended scenes um, from this movie. And one of the ones that I wish they, they kept in purely because when Bobby's going through his trap, there are all these things that are written on the door or written on the stairs and, you know. And it's not just Jigsaw taunting him or poking fun at him. The words survive, that's what all of those are. Every single one of those spells out the word survive. And I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out, but there's a beautiful extended scene where Bobby says it in the survivors group meeting. And he says survive, and he starts rattling everything off and then gordon stands up and does his whole applause thing and does that oh it's speech. like survive is my seven step exactly. plan to enlightenment and recovery exactly exactly and okay. and it goes through the whole thing and even for me that little that little snippet i was like oh i was like yeah you know i really wish they kept that in because even and it's entirely possible i missed it on two accounts but i never heard them mention what the ac like what this acronym meant like what survive meant yeah the movie itself is not that long it's like an hour 40 minutes tops so i don't know i don't know if what well, i don't know what it's maybe it was like a filmmaker decision or a studio exec decision just to cut that i i think i i actually i haven't watched any of the deleted scenes i had I time have access to them <laughs> but uh i, I would have appreciated that yeah, I would have appreciated if they kept that in because it would have meant it would have been more than a taunt or it would have made more sense as a taunt, knowing that that's exactly what he's putting in front of him. So I think it just would have been like a little bit more impactful to see that be kept in the film. And it really didn't it didn't tack that much on to that whole scene, that whole scene. You're supposed to sit there and just sit with your feelings with it. Um, cause they are in a group therapy type setting. So you're supposed to sit there and you're supposed to feel all of that and deal with all of that. But again, I think that this was one of the things that we enjoyed from a previous Saw movie of having a multi-level trap being, being revolved around one person and one person's, uh, Yeah, sins, this was an were. obstacle course or like mm -hmm. a marathon sprint of the traps and this particular macro trap, um, it involved... Uh, his immoral handlers, so to speak. So you have Bobby, who's the the self help guru of jigsaw trap survivors. Then you have his publicist, his lawyer, I mean, his wife. His was, wife, was his publicist, his lawyer. 
Oh, who was the other person? Oh there were God. three women and that one guy. Yeah, why can't I remember? There's like two women. Oh, one was the public. No. Oh, I'm sorry. One yeah, did the two PR, women, didn't she? Yeah, one was one of them was PR. One of them was legal, and then um, the 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 other guy was like his partner slash financial backer. Um, yeah, his yeah. His investor. That's the right. Yeah. So and there's like three separate traps, all va- all based around like the see no evil, hear no evil, uh, speak no evil, speak no evil uh, tropes. So uh, you had. In terms of traps, she had the silent circle. So this is Nina. This is the one where she had a fish hook with a key attached to inside her stomach, and she couldn't make any noise, or else spikes would impale her. And then Suzanne was part of the impalement wheel. That's the scene on the evil trap where uh, Bobby had to impale himself, and which would enclose a circuit, so someone or so Suzanne wouldn't get her eyes stabbed out. And then the hangman's noose was Kale. And he basically had, Bobby had to navigate Kale across this room where there's only spare planks and like three quarters of the actual floor is missing. Um, and he had to guide him to the center and throw him a key or else he'll get hung uh, if he didn't get there in like 60 seconds. I, out of all the three, uh, that wasn't actually my favorite trap. My favorite trap happened to be part of a dream sequence which has never happened before in any of the other. Oh, um, that was another good one. Yes, that, that was, was a good ha- choice. Yeah, that was hands down my favorite because, like, one, it was, it was so. I think for saw traps, I thought it was like really, really left field and it just so bizarre that I just couldn't help but love it. It's like it's definitely one of the more schlocky ones. So this one's called the Pain Train. So it was based. <laughs> Yeah, and this is part of a dream sequence that has never happened before in any other uh, installment. Uh, this is Jill Tuck's dream, where she wakes up, she's having uh, panic attacks because Hoffman survived the reverse bear trap in the previous movie. Which, and he sets by the up- way, the look on Jill's face when she's running away from from putting Hoffman in the bear trap. That, for me, I was like, this is why she couldn't be Jigsaw, because Jigsaw could handle that. Jill could not handle yeah. that. She was so over it and gone. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I I have something to, a point to adjust about that. But yeah, okay. but the pain train is like this, this motorized RC car from hell with this giant, <laughs> with, with this giant cow plow made of four giant razor blades, and it, and it's on this, it's on the, this oversized Pinewood Derby track, and then Jill's on one end, and then Hoffman just winds it up like a toy, and it just. It just railroads through her body, like completely splits into like seven pieces, and it's like, oh my god, this is great! I loved it. It was it was easily my my favorite trap of this. But yes, you bring up a good point. So one of the things that I got bothered with, I guess this is not it was not me disappointed at how it would it turned out. I guess it was I was disappointed because it it didn't match up with my head cannon. It didn't match up what I wanted to happen. Or I thought was gonna happen. So, uh, with Saw Six, you saw this really cool denouement where Jill Tuck, she on the final orders of of John Kramer, she takes out uh, the reverse bear trap, puts it onto Hoffman, and she's like, "Yeah, this is your test. Game over." And then Hoffman, being quite resilient, he gets out. And up to that point, I was so convinced that. With Jill Tuck's performance, how you see this sort of cold detachment and ruthlessness, or uh, that I okay, may, uh, is is Jill Tuck gonna be the next Jigsaw? That's exactly how I felt. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is like because like she like she like that third act turn, which is like, oh shit, she pulls out the reverse bear trap and she put she's the one testing Hoffman and it's like. It's, I thought it was really cool that even despite all the trauma and all the hardship, the duress, um, that she still found something poignant in John's work. And in the end, she came around and she's going to she's gonna be the next Jigsaw. I thought that's what was going to happen for Saw 3D. And what, what, what happened, 
I felt like the writers or the direction they reduced Jill Tuck to someone yeah someone who was just complete the opposite of that like as i mean i mean realistically i guess i think what happened in saw 3d narratively like it still tracks i still made sense like oh shit hoffman like breaks through the door and he survives his trap and he's stalking around and he he grabs jill tuck i mean um i think that makes sense but Am I still in my hand cannon? I really, really thought that Jill Tuck was gonna be. We're gonna, we're just gonna see some completely new, unhinged, darker side to her, and she's gonna be the new Jigsaw. Um, and that didn't happen. And I was really upset because I, re- yeah, because I really liked her actress. I real, I just, I, I really liked her emotional range that we saw in the other films. And then here, it just seemed like they just scaled, scaled it back to like a one-dimensional. A shallow victim and she just got killed um out of revenge and yes the uh, in terms of hoffman's arc that makes sense i just really wanted to see how, uh, jigsaw's legacy passed on and i thought it'd been really interesting just to see what would happen if jill was written to be someone who was actually capable and had the know-how and had the willpower to like you know Forward. I mean, that's just that's just my crazy rant. I I just like head cannon. I wanted Jill to be the next Jigsaw. So. Well, okay. So I know that when we first started this and we started talking about Saw three, how it felt like an end. I know it really felt like it was the end of a trilogy, and it was solid and it was good. However, when you started this movie, it truly felt from the beginning that this was going to be the end of Saw, and. Maybe because that was an original intention. Um, They killed Jill and didn't want her to have a greater role because maybe they truly thought that they were stopping. Uh, Maybe they thought that everything had sort of been done to death and they were falling into that trap of becoming too repetitive and doing the same things and have it become sort of stale and stagnant. Well, I know from a production standpoint, um, I know that with Saw 6... It underperformed in terms of box office, mm-hmm. so I know it, it came from a studio decision that Saw 3D was originally supposed to be split into two films, but then um, after Saw 3D or I'm sorry, Saw Six did performance well, they decided to just mash together to one film. That's what we got as the end product for Saw 3D. So I felt like even with Saw Six, I think the produ- like. Uh, twisted pictures and the production and the studio execs they already felt like this is getting close to the end already so um i think yeah i think that makes sense um, yeah that the writing was on the roll yeah uh, or like or they just didn't want to do the franchise to death i mean now we have we're not going to have like a, like chris rock doing a producing a new film we're going to have eight more films so no, we're going to have an entire, <laughs> a, a, he, it's a whole new universe it's eight different it's eight more films that they're going to revive this now okay so i have a i have a thing about that so as we know jordan peele is redoing Candyman. and Candyman holds a special place in my heart because i fell more in love with it as an adult than i did when i was watching all these movies when i was younger because i think i had a deeper appreciation for what it was trying to do and as we know in jordan peele's Candyman, the actor that plays Candyman is not reprising his role as the villain and it's still sort of unclear as to whether or not he will make an appearance in the movie but tony todd has since given the film his blessing great more often than not when you remake things like this i personally feel that if the person who played the villain is still alive and still willing to do it and is still very much attached to that character you should let them play it yes tobin bell We'll and, still play Jigsaw. He and, has but to. That, and that, you know, when when they remade Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, I knew that the original Freddy didn't want anything to do with the remake, so he wasn't in it. Fine. You didn't want to have anything to do with it. It wasn't even really signed off by Wes Craven, so it was sort of dead in the water before it happened. I would be really, especially because it's Darren Lynn Bowsman, I would be really disappointed if Tobin Bell wasn't a part of this project in any way, shape, or form. 
whether as Jigsaw or a consultant or a cameo or something, would I, in an ideal world, he would play Jigsaw for another eight movies. And maybe he's not dying of cancer in this one. Maybe it's something else that sparks his insanity. I don't know. Uh, but I do think that it's a big mistake to not have Tobin v Bell involved in this upcoming franchise. I really, I really do. And anybody who has taken up the mantle and done a Saw movie knows how loyal and hardcore these fans are. So I think it's just a really big mistake if you don't include him as much as possible. My favorite story from watching all of these extras about Tobin Bell is... The fact that he constantly wants to be on set and his input and all of that. And I think that that's what makes him a brilliant actor and what makes this role so special because it's so special to him. But I think my favorite story that everyone loves to reiterate about Tobin was he did not have to be there in the original Saw for the three to six days that they spent in that bathroom. He did not have to be there. They could have done a body double. They could have done whatever. Because he wasn't talking. He wasn't doing anything yet. He was just lying there. <laughs> he was just lying there in a puddle of blood for like 12 hours a day or whatever it was. And Tobin Bell said, no, I'm going to be there. I don't care that I'm lying in a puddle of blood all day. I'm going to be there. And that, and even if that's where Saw capped off and we never got the rest of these movies, that fact alone is, just speaks volumes to him as, as an actor. So again, I'm... This is, I'm a stickler for a lot of things when it comes to horror, especially horror that has sort of shaped me as a fan. Again, I think it's a huge mistake if you don't have him to be a part of this. And Chris Rock is a fan, so I feel like he knows this already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of all people, I would never, I never, never guess Chris Rock was a fan. Uh, and like, he's, he, from what we've read from reports, he's he's not just a fan. He's like he's. It sounds like he's a legit super. He's fan. like a super so fan. I, yeah. So I think that I don't, I'm not as worried because I feel like like the the Saw Bible, like the cinema or the cinematic li lineage of Saw. I mean, Tobin Bell has to be, and I think he will be in, involved somehow. Um, whether he, whether he's he's Jigsaw again or. Maybe it's from maybe it's gonna be like slight cameos, or maybe it's all set in the same universe, but another part of uh, another part of the country, and then sort of sort of like Jigsaw, where people know he existed, and maybe I don't know. Um, I think he'll definitely be part of it, and I think I think this the studio execs know their audience, they know their brand enough to not fuck that up. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, so one more thing about Saw 3D before we move on to Jigsaw. Another thing that, even given how long the movie was, I don't think that there was really any wiggle room to do any of this, but it's just a, a wish that I have. Gordon is a doctor. We know that. We saw at the end of the movie all of his involvement. Uh, he helped stitch people's eyes shut. He did the whole thing. And I get that. That does take some sort of medical knowledge fine coming from that and and having the sort of willpower that he had to cut off his own foot to go save his family jigsaw finds him in the hallway and he saves him and he sort of recruits him a little bit and just like we got to see a little bit of hoffman's recruiting process i think i would have rather had seen gordon's process a little more because i'd be curious to see how he would be affected by the polarity of Jigsaw's mor like morality standard that he has given to himself. So I think that 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 could be that, could, uh, but that easily could have tacked on a, an extra ten minutes to the movie. I, I don't know, but I think that that little we got enough of it that we understood why Hoffman like his arc and where it was going to go. I just wish there was just a little bit more of that when it came to Gordon. Um, my point about Gordon, I really like that twist. Well, first of all, I really love that he was there at all. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought his cameo was just that. Oh, it was um, fucking aces. That survivor's room. But then, like, oh, no, third act reveal. Um, like, he uh, Hoffman th thinks he gets... 
think he got away scot-free after burning down his workshop and he gets ambushed by three pig-nasty people and one of them reveals himself to be Dr. Gordon. Um, Hoffman wakes up. He's back in the original saw bathroom chained uh, to the pipe and we see that Dr. Gordon became one of Jigsaw's most valuable apprentices because he did all like the medical t- stuff like 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 Ryan said like embedding a key behind someone's eye um from that saw trap in one or two one of the earlier ones um and I thought it was really cool but I agree with Ryan like I would like to see that process of I I, I don't know if you want to say like radicalization more maybe more like indo- indoctrination because last time that we saw Dr. Uh, Dr. Gordon, he was just driven to the, to the point of insanity where he just cut off his own foot. And I wanted, I wanted to see what specific lessons or what insights he got from his experience. Because, um, yes, we, we can uh, allude from context that much like Amanda, he... He was eternally grateful to Jigsaw, so much so that he became a willing accomplice. Um, but I wanted to see, like, it was cut together in the, in the classic Saw reveal style. Um, but I would like for that ex- lore to expand it a bit. And the other thing, like, I really enjoyed that reveal. It flushes in that gap of the timeline but at the same time i felt like it kind of took away from jigsaw's mystique because like if you if you go back to like the earlier episodes we were recording this i was mulling out loud like how did jigsaw find all this time to like figure out engineering and doctoring <laughs> and um and then we, we we find out we get those answers eventually like he's he was a civil, civil engineer by trade so um, he had all the technical know-how to design all these traps. Uh, then we figure out that Hoffman became part of his inner circle. He got that's how he got all of his inside information about potential subjects, and he also loaded it all. He all he literally did the heavy loading, heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Certain, and then and it's like, oh, okay, so now now Dr. Gordon's part of it. It's like, oh, but I just I think what part of the mystique of the jigsaw myth and the killer himself, the man himself is that this guy is driven by pure willpower like despite having cancer despite trying to kill himself and failing this guy ha- uses every ounce of willpower and time he has left to make something meaningful and impactful so i i still like i part of me would still love to see jigsaw in the span of a year just master like surgery and and like it just become really 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 amazing at it but i mean not to say i i still enjoyed the dr gordon reveal but part of me still like i still want like jigsaw to be like this master of all trades and he is um but i don't know i'm just talking i'm just rambling now no it's fine so let's move on to jigsaw the final, the end, the legacy, the everything. Which, by the way, the DVD cover to this movie was a fucking plus. The peeling paint of like a ventriloquist dummy type thing, the cheeks, the everything. It was, there was so much about this movie that was like an ode to the fans. But even watching it, it felt fresh. It felt new. Okay, let me tell you, like, the first, like, five minutes of the film, like... You were confused it, as hell. Like, well, it didn't, like... I knew this was a Saw movie, but it didn't look like a Saw movie. Like, not to say that's a bad thing. It looked it looked really, really high quality. Like, and granted, like, this movie was made, like, six years after the last saw or saw 3d Mm -hmm. so i don't know if just camera technology just spiked exponentially or they just decided to do like a different type of lens or aspect ratio but like also the lighting has a lot to do with it though and 
they did a much more open approach with this movie than they did before. Usually Saw is very like claustrophobic. You're isolated. Single set, single warehouse. Everything is like in a room. It's isolated. It's together. It's kind of claustrophobic. This was outdoors and in a barn and this. And then you got those tiny closed spaces in between. So it still felt like a Saw movie when you got to that point. So it still had those claustrophobic elements, but it was a very open feeling movie. It was the first time you got to see something outside of the traps. And I think that that is sort of where you get that. I know I'm watching a Saw movie, but what the fuck is this? And you get that whole feeling. Not just like the, not just with it playing space, but like the color palette, like the original Saw movies, it had like a very dark muted, palette they used a lot of like green overlays and hues or like but this one like it felt like really stark and vibrant and like the colors popped and just it just it definitely felt fresh and something that i we haven't seen before in a saw movie and i i just just visually not not just like 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 all like the traps and like the gore but like just just like just simple shots simple setup shots like this looks, I was like, I mean, I was like, whoa, what the hell? This is, I, this is something new. This is great. I, uh, I was, my, my attention was immediately captured. Um, and it starts off like this. It starts off like a sort of like a blockbuster kind of action f- flick kind of feel. Yeah. Like yeah, where you have like Edgar. Oh, yeah, it doesn't start off with a trap, which was, which was new. I, I think there was only one one film in like the original six that didn't start off with a trap i forget which one it was but this one started off like as like like a like a detect like a true life well i I, okay this started off like as a typical hollywood kind of police thriller movie where like you see edgar munson uh drive a car uh and like literally the first shot we see is like police like throwing out like tire spikes and the car crashing and this guy Edgar climbing out and running through warehouses all across rooftops and then we see that he's part of a trap it was it felt really at a uh, high octane adrenaline pumping so it was that itself felt really fresh and new too and I really I, I was like oh shit we're in it from now so I was I was a hundred percent in like in those first few minutes. I feel like if I had seen this in theaters, I probably would have started like cheering and clapping because there were so many parts to it. Where I was just like, yes. Now, normally when it comes to horror movies, I hate it when they update stuff and try to use new technology. Uh, I think there's just something about it that really irks me, um, but not with this. This made it feel different and awesome, and it really made you believe that Jigsaw was back, even though in the film he's been dead for like a decade. And I think that that speaks volumes to what they wanted to accomplish in this movie. I do remember while I was watching this that I was like, huh, you know, it's been a while since we've had a situation like Saw 2 where something's happening in real time. And what you're watching has already happened, but you just don't know it yet. And I was like, I wonder if we're going to get that in this movie. Because it's the last opportunity we have because we're done after this. And lo and be fucking hold. Yes. We got what we wanted. Or at least I got what I wanted. And then it it also emulated... Oh, God. I'm missing... Um, was it Saw... Saw 4? Where the, the trap setup was meant to be a, a truly cooperative team building type of activity i think that was um, saw five saw five yeah so um it, there was had, it was like a two-in-one deal everyone had great. to work together yeah especially especially at the the last well second to last trap jigsaw oh big reveal holy shit john kramer he comes out of nowhere it's like oh my, oh my god, god. All, i wrote down oh my god john is still alive i was so yes. confused i was like wait a yes. minute no no okay okay <laughs> Okay, just just so just that's just to back up for a second. So, um, the premise here is um, a series of copycat uh, jigsaw traps are 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 happening, and then as the police try to piece things together, and as more bodies start to 
rediscovered and uh, 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 rack up. Um, it's implied that through audio forensics and blood work that all signs point to the original Jigsaw, John Kramer, 10 years after he died, 10 years where people were like, no, we saw him get get autopsied and dissected. This can't be happening, but all points lead to John Kramer being alive. And then we get to this part in this marathon of traps where there's only two people left, two of the original five. It's a really simple trap. And and what's so bloody beautiful about it, like John Kramer just walks in the frame and he just he's just casually ta- taking apart a clock and loading a shotgun and he's like, this is your this is your final test. And oh, it was just one of the one of the that was like it was breathtaking. And two, the result of that trap, it was also a little bit like uh one of the previous movies where he's in he's like pleading with them to do the opposite of what you think, like fight your impulses. Um, but in the high octane situation uh, between uh, the surviving lady and guy, uh, the lady takes the shotgun, uh, kills the other dude, but and he was shell, getting it. He was like, "No, work backwards, it. work backwards." Yeah, the the guy was figuring it out, um, but she she didn't listen. The the shotgun shell blasts backwards into her face and then we find out in the end that inside the shotgun shell was the little key jigsaw previously said or he holds up the shotgun cell he's he looks at them he's like this is the key to your salvation he loads into the shotgun and then uh the surviving dude who well actually both of them are chained to an industrial room um so the surviving dude after looking through the shotgun cell sees the shrapnel left of the keys that were loaded inside the shotgun shell. I was like, oh, snap. It's like you, you guys were supposed to work together. Yep. Could've it was wild. Freedom. It was awesome. So, yeah, that was a long, long way of saying, like, um, this movie synthesizes a lot of elements that were used in previous films, but it does it in a really fresh way. I will say that one of the truer parts of this was suspecting Eleanor, the assistant, who happened to be, like, the ultimate fangirl. And I don't think it was unfair to suspect her. I Part of me didn't want it to be her because I thought it would be too obvious. I say this because very recently there was someone who decided that they wanted to plan a school shooting based on Columbine because they were, quote-unquote, fans of those killers. So I I liked having that fangirl that was there that collects all the traps and she had the bear trap one suspended from the ceiling and she had the angel trap. She had everything. She recreated a trap that supposedly was never used. Yes, exactly. uh, By Jigsaw before. Yeah. Which we get to see being used during all of it. So I think that was also, and also the people in the, in the present were they knew who Jigsaw was not to mention the fact that everything that had matched up to him matched up to him because they had his DNA his voice there was no way it couldn't have been him and you're watching that back and forth and I just think that there was so much about this movie that I was surprised I enjoyed I went in this I went into this with really low expectations because it was the second lowest like grossed out of all of them it it did the second worst i think the part of the reason why was when it was released it was competing against happy death day and i i know like happy death day did a lot better in the box office i i guess maybe people were more gravitated towards that novel quote-unquote movie i mean happy death day is basically groundhog day but with a slasher killer but it's a Blue Mouse film, so they take like really simple ideas and they, they, they execute it well. So I think that was one of the major, major reasons why it didn't perform as well in the box office, just because it was competing with a Blue Mouse picture that was fresh and new. And I feel like maybe people, I mean, I can't say for, I can't, uh, I can't say this for all people. I mean, yet yeah, we're part of the population who are just super hardcore 
uh, fans, but I feel like maybe there's a part of the population who are, who is going through saw fatigue, and they're like, "Oh God, another saw! Uh, isn't this franchise dead?" So I can I can I can just say that might have been a reason why people didn't go, or maybe just maybe that could explain the lower box office. Which is is such a shame because I, I I honestly think that they did a really good job with with Jigsaw. I really do. But yeah, like so. Eleanor, so she was the red herring. Um, so was the cop. Yeah, so was the cop. Yeah, like I. We had uh, two. We had we had a. It, it was a double. It was a double. It was a double herring. Red, double herring, and then, um, I mean, they hinted a little bit at Logan being a potential jigsaw suspect, at least in the first act of the film, where Holloran was trying to do a profile on um citing ptsd and how he survived horrific torture at the hands of the taliban while serving as a marine but that was quickly i mean this movie tries to keep you guessing throughout the entire film only until the third act where through clever editing and like just misdirect like classic misdirection like up to that point like I thought, like oh shit, I I know it can't be true, but I really want to believe it. I really want to believe that John Kramer's still alive. And then oh yeah, the no. Big... <laughs> <laughs> I I want Tobin Bell. I it's just I want him. I so. know. But I mean, I, I still really love the reveal at the end, where like it was Logan. Logan actually was the the jigsaw, the the, the new jigsaw. He it was revealed that the, the what we've been seeing was a repeat of a of a jigsaw trap that happened 10 years earlier where logan was one of the original he he was he was like the fifth guy in the buckethead uh trap and he got cut but and he, he i guess he i guess what we didn't see in the film but what's implied is that he woke up um he confessed or maybe like Jigsaw had a change of heart, because yeah, Jigsaw he, had a change of heart. He didn't. He didn't think he should die because of an honest mistake. They sort of they didn't rewrite his his um, beginning, but they gave you a little bit extra. So basically, um, the reason why Logan ended up in a Jigsaw trap was because he blamed him for not having. For his cancer not having been found sooner because he was the medical student that mixed up his x-rays. Which is a very jigsaw thing. I mean, maybe not that. That seems a little bit, maybe this that seemed a little bit too revenge-centric for him, which is probably why he changed his mind. Like going back to how how much of a fan I am about lore building, like in terms of continuity, I think Logan plays a really important part of Jigsaw's. Uh, formation of his of his mo because uh, this takes place even earlier on or e- even before amanda's trap like one of the one of the uh well they're building amanda's trap exactly that's one of the shots they're building the reverse bear trap um but jigsaw says his line to logan uh saying it can uh, it can never be personal it could it could only be without compassion if it's only without compassion, then that means it's true justice. And I feel like that was in part inspired by experiences where Jigsaw had this moment of clarity. Oh shit, Logan messed up. It was an honest mistake. I can't let him die or else I'm going to, his blood would be on my hands. So he saves, he saves Logan and he, Logan becomes his apprentice. And I thought that was a really nice, it was a really nice touch. It doesn't take away from uh, Jigsaw's uh, history it just only adds it and adds it or complements it in a nice way um and it doesn't contradict any of the other lore that we've built up over the previous six films i agree i don't think it took anything away from it in, in the least mm-hmm. um and the, the other thing i loved about that reveal is like you just see this sudden code switch in logan's face where after like he fakes his own death like he just gets up and like his face is like a death mask it's just so cold and ruthless and um dispassionate it's like oh my god this actor's just just kicked it up to the next level i love him it was great 
I love that it was a slow burn. He took his time. He waited for him to be gone for 10 years to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. So it felt like true justice. One of my favorite quotes that he says was, I wanted to see if I was as worthy as him, as talented. And I think he he was a more worthy apprentice when it came to, I guess, the philosophical teachings of Jigsaw than he, Hoffman. He was the purest apprentice. Of, abso- absolutely. I can see why hardcore Saw fans would be perturbed by this movie. Would be like, really? This is... But I, I don't... I, I'm sorry for those of you who like really feel that way. I gotta disagree with you, man. I thought it did something great. So you know, I I love it too. I thought uh, they they established like someone who really understood his teachings and he to fully to agree and it's someone who's self aware of his faults and someone who's aware of the enormity of the legacy that's that saw or that jigsaw bill and he so he took his time he wanted to make sure that he was doing it for the quote-unquote right reasons um and i yeah it was i thought that was a really really classy way to um pass on the mantle um and it was it was great it was it was perfect i loved it it was such a good reveal um Although I'm still, I'm still sad that like Tobin Bill is actually, actually, or Jigsaw is actually canonically dead. But I mean, good I thing know. we have eight more movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna have to do this all over again, <laughs> which it's I'm very fine true. with. Um, again, I don't, I, I understand the hate that Jigsaw got. I just disagree with it. See, okay. Um, I was like, so pleasantly some surprised because, like, I don't wonder. I I felt like this movie got pretty positive reviews, so I'm not sure. Maybe I'm reading off the I wrong thought sources. It, I where, thought where's it this did. negative things going on? Where where who do I have to yell at? <laughs> well, because here's the thing: is initially I thought that it got a genuinely positive reception. However, when I started looking up stuff about the second worst and the first worst grossing saw film and whatever there was a lot of negative shit that comes up about jigsaw people felt wholly unsatisfied by this movie and they thought it was a real cop-out i disagree i understand where they're coming from now that i've seen it but i i completely disagree i think that it was fresh it was different and Let's be honest, it is no different than what Child's Play is doing. They are trying to do something different. So I think that's the most positive thing I'm going to say about it. But it's it's sort of in the same in the same vein. Oh god, I enjoy doing all of this so much. I can't wait for us to do our next franchise, but that won't be for I know. <laughs> uh, okay, all right, Ryan, yeah. hot take. Yeah. What was your favorite trap in Jigsaw? Mm. In Jigsaw. The laser collar because the cop at the end looked like a demogorgon from Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When his like face flaps just like fall and folded over. I was like, that looks like a demogorgon. Huh. I, okay. And I, I, I like it in the 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 world the fi- or the fiction of Jigsaw. Like we're at a time where ten years later, like technology evolves. So we're ha- we're having we're like so, like for example, like this is like the first jigsaw trap or series of traps that use flat screen TVs as opposed to like super old school nineties LCD tube TVs. And yes, this movie used lasers as a weapon, which is so cool. Um, and I, I think it just gave it. Uh, oh, and and obviously, like I don't think anyone's using a flip phone in this movie anymore. Nope. I don't remember. Yeah, so nope. <laughs> totally not dated. I think my favorite trap was the spiral trap. Ooh, uh, the spiral. Actually seeing, actually seeing that trap in effect, and like being powered by a motorcycle, um, uh, motor, and it's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so, this is so just. I I was like super creative. I I loved it. I that trap was also easily beatable, but it's fine. 
I liked the red spirals that were on there was an homage to Billy's cheeks and the red spirals that you see throughout the entire franchise. I just thought that this just felt like, not like a love letter to the franchise, but something that truly accomplished something fresh and different. Everything about this movie was different. The lighting, the way it was shot, the frame, every, all of it was different. Can, can we talk how that, uh, can we talk about how Billy the Puppet has glowing neon glowing, red eyes? Yes. I, love, I need, I need that puppet. <laughs> I liked seeing John in his early years before he became Jigsaw, like, like quite literally right before he became Jigsaw. I thought it was different. I thought it was fresh. I thought it was fun. And like I said before, I understand the problems that Saw fans had with it. I just disagree with it. I I don't get it. I don't get I I love this film. I it was great. I I didn't I didn't I really didn't find a lot of fault. And then not I'm also aware that I have a really low bar for entertainment. Like I'm easily entertainable, and I love like I. This is this is coming from the same person who loves Deathbed, but I mean I, that is true. Yeah, but so I don't know how much that that colors my opinion, or or obviously I'm biased, but like I don't know. I I I do not think the hate and all like the negative reviews are are deserved. I. Yeah, I don't, I, I, that's really surprising to me that a lot of that backlash comes from the Saw fandom itself. I well, don't forget this is know. a fandom of like purists. Like they like what they like because but that's of what the attracted thing. Like, to them in the first place. But that's the thing. Like I felt like this movie still. I think that's still. Uh, I really felt like it's still honored those traditions, and I mean Tobin Bell would, would play like just chewed the scenery. He got a lot of screen time, and um. This movie still really played up to that mystery thriller element that's in, that's present in all the films, and it just threw in the curveball like, oh shit! Like the, the writers run wrote themselves into a corner that uh, supposedly Jigsaw's alive. How they get out of it, and who's the who's the new Jigsaw? And I thought they played it out really well. I I thought I thought the the Spirit Brothers and Stolberg and Goldfinger, they did something really fresh and new and creative. They it, this was this is a new jigsaw. This is a new Saw movie for a new clinical era, and it it really is because now we're getting a whole bunch of sequels or a remake. And damn it, Chris Rock. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I at the end of the day, you like what you like, uh, and you're, you dislike what you dislike. Okay, but at me, you're wrong. Six sounds <laughs> amazing. <laughs> five out of five saws. This is great. I love it. I, I just, I had so much fun with all of this. And I know we're going to get to another franchise. I'm just happy that we started with this franchise. Because it had been so long since I had revisited it in, in its entirety. And even I saw things for the first time. So I really enjoyed this. I can't wait to do more. I'm excited. And yeah. Now it's back to regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> now we're going to go back to doing other horror movies. We're done with franchises for a little bit. But that but, was fun. But you can contact us in a variety of ways. So if you have any other franchises that you want us to review or do a marathon about, please let us know. Like for me personally, uh, I love. I I know they're really bad. Uh, oh, no. as a horror movie and as a video game inspired movie, but yes. I love the Resident Evil movies. Like they're such my they're such a guilty pleasure for me. I, and there's like what eight of them, nine of them. Um, so I I love those. I love the Underworld films. Um, I really want to do a marathon about Underworld. Um. And obviously, there's there's so many others we could do. You know, like revisit Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Child's Play. So send us all those recommendations, um, and you know we will we will get to it. We have plenty of time. If I have it my way, <laughs> well, we're in trouble. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> um, but yeah.
So, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Literally everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. We have a page on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. Yes, and again, uh, uh, in particular, check out the blog section on leftfordread.com. We have a series of articles. Uh, written by Ryan, and they're awesome. And you can expect one to come out soon because as of recording this, Brightburn came out this past weekend. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm super excited, and I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to write a blog post about it. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. And don't forget, forget. stay, stay dreadful. dreadful. <laughs>